Hi, I'm Daniel Lucas, and welcome to Chasing Energy, where we help you to fuel a life worth living. Now, the way that we're going to do that today is we're going to go through a biometric test that I did where I sent a sample, peed in a cup, and sent it this test, and it's called the Great Plains Test. And what you do is you get a consultation with Ryan, and there's a link in the show. And then he walks you through as part of the purchase price. He walks you through each one of your biomarkers and talks about what you can do to sort of improve the, the various biomarkers. If you go to the link, it's in the show notes. You'll get a discount on that test. But you'll also see a sample test online. They'll let you kind of get a glance of what we're going to walk through in this podcast. It's 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 very definitely an exercise of vulnerability to go through this test in a public forum. So a couple of things we cover are bacteria in your gut, how the test that it will spot, and then what are those markers, how much is too much bacteria in your gut. We talk about some of the various dietary changes that I'll be trying and have been trying since I did this test a few months ago. And we also talk about sunscreen, and Ryan has some strong feelings on sunscreen, and and, uh, he likes the sun. But he certainly has uh, an opinion as to which sunscreens are healthier than others. And then talking about which vitamins I'm low in and how which supplements I need to take. And then we finish this podcast off by asking Ryan what are his top go-to supplements. If you don't take this test, I hope you do find a test. Invest in yourself because you want to know which biomarkers and vitamins and things like that that are specifically needed by your body as opposed to taking a generic approach and just taking lots of everything. So uh, if you get some value from this, how about you leave me a review or send me a note on social media and maybe talk about some biomarkers or some insights from this test that you found useful. I wish you a great day. Thank you for listening or watching Chasing Energy and supporting the team. All right, Ryan Kennedy, how are you, man? Never better, brother. How about you, Daniel? Doing great, man. Welcome to Chasing Energy. Uh, appreciate you making time for this. Uh, we've connected in the in the past and had a few brief discussions. I I, I definitely want to recommend uh, your your uh, Instagram channel and your podcast as well. Uh, I did listen to a few episodes, and one thing unrelated to health that I thought was interesting was you mentioned how in one episode you decided home improvement was not a good use of your time. And it's funny you say that because I've always done all my home improvement and there's one huge project that it's actually going on today that it was one of the first times that I opted out and said, I'm not going to, this is going to take me like two or three months of work and they can be done in two weeks. Uh, I opted out. So just wanted you to know, even in your example, even though I was like a home improvement guy, there are times where you need to look at your schedule and say, does this really make sense? Am I going to be a happier person having done this? And I do love projects, but there are certain ones that I don't love. So, yeah. One thing that people neglect to really take a look at and ask themselves is the simple question, Daniel, what is the best and highest use of my time? What is the best and highest use of my time for, for this hour, for this day, for this week, for this month, for this year? And really breaking that down and analyzing, you know, what is your time worth? What do you enjoy? Mm -hmm. What are your passions? What type of Work brings you fulfillment and brings positive impact to the world. Yeah. And then when you analyze those things, a lot of decisions and things that we do ourselves, whether it's, you know, cleaning that 
cleaning the bathroom, whether it's mowing your lawn, whether it's picking stuff up from, you know, the, the post office, the grocery store, whatever, you know, just basic, uh, you know, chores or uh, errands that we run. You know, a lot of that can be outsourced for not very much money. And if you buy back your time at a lower rate than your time is worth to the marketplace, well, guess what? You just have purchased the most valuable resource any of us have, which is our time. That's you know, exactly you can always right. make more money. You can always, you know, do more stuff, but we have a limited amount of time on this in this human experience. Mm -hmm. And anything I can do that I can buy back more of that time, dude, I'll do that all day. Yeah. So I, on that note, I'll give you an example. I, I cook all my all my meals. I make my own lunch and dinner pretty much every Same. single day. But Same. I have discovered that the amount of time it took me to shop, uh, it was it's not a small investment. Now, if I happen to be like next to a Whole Foods when I'm dri driving around, I'll, I'll jump in and jump out. But my runs to Costco or some of these other places, it's a two-hour ordeal and uh, no affiliation or anything like that. But Instacart and delivery has definitely put some time back in my schedule on Saturdays and Sundays, especially when the weather's crap. And you're yeah. going... This is a rainy day. I really don't feel like going out in the rain and spending two hours at the yeah. you know of my total yeah. day to get that. And also, maybe on an under, I didn't plan to say this, but you tend to be a little more disciplined about what you're buying when you're doing it in front of a computer instead of you're shopping the aisles and you get tempted to throw something in your cart that that happens to be on sale at that moment. And these Instacart, uh, Misfits Market is one I use every week that sends you, it has vegetables. They learn really quick what you like and don't like. So when you log into their page, it has, here's everything you've ordered from us recently. Do you just want to restock on everything? And it makes it really easy to go, let's just stick to what serves me, the the vegetables, the fruits, and the, the high quality meats that I generally get. And I don't have to get detracted over what's on sale this week that is probably not a good decision for me or my kids. So, slight digression there. And, but we're and, both and about one, quality of life, so. Yeah, yeah. And one caveat there that I think is important to highlight is it also depends what you enjoy. I cook all my meals as well, Daniel, but I love to cook. It's not a chore to me. I get down and dirty in the kitchen and put yeah. on a nice podcast or yeah. some music and yeah. hang out with my girlfriend. And I think mm -hmm. chopping vegetables and cooking is very meditative for me. So I actually enjoy the process. Same. And similar to shopping, sometimes I'm into it, sometimes I'm not, but I, I enjoy going down to the local farmer's market mm -hmm. and looking at all the produce and talking to the farmer and, you know, grabbing my produce that looks the best and that, that resonates with me. You know, those types of things can be enjoyable. And if you love mowing your lawn and you love going down to the, you know, the grocery store, no need to outsource it. You know, yeah. it's, it's more of a matter of what you don't like and what's taking up your time that, is just not something you you look forward to. Something That's exactly great. right, man. And and like you, I I agree, especially with the farmers market because it's a more personable experience. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, definitely, when I'm cooking, I am in a state of flow. I get yeah. out. I put my apron on. I get out my chef's knife, and I am in the zone. I mean, I I am just cooking, cutting. And you're right. I'm usually listening to a podcast or book, and I go, "This yeah. is therapy for me." Whenever I'm done so. and I'm eating my meal, I go. That's like the perfect use of 30 minutes or an hour to me is, you know, I cooked, mm -hmm. I cleaned, uh, or I usually have the dishes done by it comes off, the time it comes off the stove. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. Talk to me about the Great Plains Laboratory test that you recommended last time we talked and why you recommend that, that people take this test. I run a lot of functional medicine labs in my practice, Daniel, 
I work with patients from all walks of life all across the globe, one-on-one uh, -on -one and in group settings. And I really love actionable data because, you know, yeah, yeah, I can give some great educated guesses on what's going on with someone's body, what might be out of balance in their gut, what might be causing their symptoms. But when you get the data, there's no guessing. You know exactly what's in balance. You know exactly what's off. And you can implement the right protocols, the right herbs, the right enzymes, the right nutrients, and the right dietary and lifestyle changes to correct that imbalance. So I love data for that reason. And the type of labs I run are very different than your conventional blood work. So when you go in to see your physician for your annual checkup and they run a set of blood labs, they're typically going to look at about three things. They're going to look at your CBC, your complete blood count, which has your white cells, your red blood cells, things of that nature. They're going to look at your lipid profile, so your cholesterol, your triglycerides, things of that nature. And then they might run a metabolic panel where they're looking at things like your liver enzymes, your kidney function, uh, blood glucose, very basic, right? And all that stuff's good. It's, it's good to keep an eye on those things. I love blood work and I suggest a lot of blood labs to the people I work with to go in and get some additional tests beyond those basics to see what their vitamin D is at, to see what their lipid profile. I mean, it's good. If you have massively high triglycerides, that's something we need to address. You know, so those things are valuable in and of themselves. But so many folks, Daniel, will get that blood work done. They'll get the results. Their physician will say, hey, you're normal. You're totally fine. Nothing's out of whack here. But they are freaking having all these problems. They're bloated. They're gassy. They have brain fog. They're fatigued. They're not sleeping well. They have chronic pain. They have all these different issues going on. And they're like, doc, I'm not fine. I came here because I'm not fine. I have problems. And, you know, depending on the physician, they might say, oh, it's in your head or, oh, I can't help you. Or, oh, here's this prescription medication that's going to, you know, help to band-aid these symptoms with only negative side effects and in the long term but it's not really giving them any answers so the type of labs i run test for a whole bunch of different things you're not going to get from blood work they complement the testing you'll get from blood work really well because we're looking at all these functional medicine markers these biomarkers that we're testing in either the stool the urine the hair or the saliva and these are at-home tests I run every day for patients um, that are real easy. I mean, you went through the experience, Daniel. You mm -hmm. could share your two cents. I mean, it's not rocket science. You you know, don't have to go to any clinic. You don't have to do any blood draw, nothing like that. And it's looking at things like your vitamin levels. It's looking at your mineral metabolism. It's looking at your gut function. You know, what could be imbalanced in your microbiome? Do you have an excess of yeast or fungus? Do you have some clostridia bacteria? Do you have SIBO? Those are not going to be diagnosed by blood work. That's not how this works. So that's why I love these tests because it's giving me this whole data set that's showing me what could be imbalanced in this person. And they're very accurate testing with these urine metabolites for the specific test we ran with you, Daniel, called an organic acids test. Okay. And I love this test. This is probably the number one test I run. We could dive into some of the others. I run hormones. I run food sensitivity labs. I run heavy metals and mineral analysis as well. Mm -hmm. But the organic acids test is just a great overview of how is your body doing from the inside out? It looks at your gut function. It looks at your mitochondria health, which are your energy producing mechanisms in the cell. Yeah. It looks at your sensitivity to certain things like oxalates. It looks at your detoxification pathways, your methylation pathways. And we could dive deeper into a lot of these topics that people might be hearing and are like, I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. I don't know, what's methylation? What's, what, how are they testing your detox? Um, so we'll kind of dive through and unpack some of this. Okay. But it also looks at a bunch of your vitamin levels. It looks at your glutathione status. It looks at uh, 
you know, your neurotransmitters? Are you low in serotonin or dopamine? Maybe that's why you're feeling depressed or feeling anxious. Uh, well, how's your epinephrine and norepinephrine? Maybe that's causing, maybe some cortisol dysfunction in your adrenal uh, rhythms is causing some of your fatigue in the afternoon. So getting all this data is freaking fantastic, man. And it, it gives me as a practitioner the insights to say, all right, here's what's imbalanced. Here are the protocols that I know work to resolve and, and rebalance the body. And that's how we're going to implement it. And people love to see the objective data too, because then it shows you, all right, this guy's not just full of shit. He clearly the test is showing what he's telling me. Mm -hmm. And then we retest in three, four or five months. And it shows that we've corrected it. And I oftentimes don't even retest Daniel, because if we get resolution of your symptoms and you're feeling like a million bucks, that's what I care about. That's, that's really at the end of the day, if we're enhancing your vitality and your quality of life and you're like, dude, I'm on top of the freaking world, Ryan. I'm like, dude, we don't need to pay a couple hundred bucks to retest. Yeah. How about you just keep doing what you're doing? Cause clearly it's working. I love it, man. I love it. So let's jump into it. Um, we start with, uh, intestinal microbial growth. So give me an idea before we go into these, what, what are we looking for and what is the, what kind of lessons are you looking to take from this category? Yeah. So this is uh, Daniel's test he ran, and this is the organic acids test, page one. And this is really assessing your general gut function. And so for people, I imagine a lot of folks listening on just audio, um, you know, it, it's basically looking at these urine metabolites that are directly correlated mm -hmm. to different overgrowths in the gut. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times when someone has a digestive issue, Daniel, whether that's IBS, whether that's bloating or gas, whether that's some sort of um, ab abdominal pain, constipation, loose stool. I mean, the list goes on and on. When someone has those symptoms, the, the question that should be asked is, why do I have these symptoms? Right. Not what can I take to manage these symptoms? How can I, you know, take this gas X to, to decrease my, my, uh, the, my farts at night? How can I take this, you know, uh, laxative to prevent this constipation? Yep. It's more so, why do I have it in the first place? I'm Absolutely. all about root cause. Mm-hmm. And so this first page is really assessing some of the most common gut imbalances of different uh, pathogens as well as different microbes that can become overgrown or out of balance that can cause a lot of these symptoms, a lot of these digestive distress issues. And so this first section we're looking at are yeast and fungal markers. Mm -hmm. And this is really common, dude. I mean, the amount of people I've seen that have uh, a candida, like a yeast overgrowth, mm -hmm. which is a natural part of our microbiome, but when it becomes an excess, yep. then we start to have problems because now it's causing a lot of other digestive distress because having some of these overgrowths, Daniel, like a candida overgrowth, like a fungal overgrowth in the small intestine, it decreases your gut's function. So you produce less hydrochloric acid. You produce less stomach acid, which is key for breaking down your, your food. Yeah, it decreases your digestive enzyme production, you know, amylase, protease, lipase to break down carbs, protein and fat. Mm -hmm. So now your digestive fire is much lower. So now your gut is not doing the job it's supposed to do. And the food is sitting there and it's fermenting and it's creating all these gas products that's causing the bloating, that's causing the 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 farts that people have oftentimes, like the foul smelling uh, gas people people suffer from mm -hmm. and causing all sorts of issues as well, because it's decreasing nutrient absorption because you're not digest. you know we're not just what we eat bro we're what we digest right so when you're not digesting your food right you're not getting the vitamins the minerals the antioxidants and the micronutrients we want from the food that you're eating right so you're buying all this expensive organic food but if you're not digesting it well guess what dude you're not going to get the most out of that right and then the other factor is they produce a lot of these different other byproducts that can cause things like 
brain fog and fatigue due to some of the different toxins that these microbes can actually produce in the gut. And then the third leg of this is it can cause a lot of mental and emotional issues. Okay. And this is something I see all the time, dude. People come to me for help with chronic anxiety or depression or panic issues. And they think it's like, you know, they've been going to talk therapy. They've been doing all these different, you know, seeing all these specialists and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, this psychologist prescribed this, this, you know, um, psychologist said it's, you know, this trauma. And I think all those things uh, have their place and are great. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes it's their gut that's imbalanced because we produce the majority of our neurotransmitters, our brain chemicals in the gut. Right. So if your gut is out of balance, well, guess what? Those neurotransmitter productions are going to be out of balance. And when you have imbalances in the chemistry of your brain, all the talk therapy in the world is not going to solve that. Yeah. You got to solve the root cause physiologically through the gut. And so I get in incredible results reversing these conditions with people that have had, had it for years, you know, years and years, chronic anxiety, chronic depression. They've been on every, you know, pharmaceutical med you can think of. None of it's been helping them. And then we do these simple therapies to rebalance their gut with the right targeted enzymes, the right herbs, the right probiotics, the right nutrients. And guess what? Their depression goes away. Their anxiety goes away. And they feel way freaking better in every aspect. All right. And so that's kind of an overview of what we're looking for. So this first section, mm -hmm. uh, there's nine different markers. And I'll go through it somewhat quickly, but <clears throat> markers, you know, there's marker two, four, five, and six have aspergillus below it because that's actually testing for mold or mycotoxin exposure. A big right. problem for a lot of folks through environmental issues and, and food issues. Mold is no bueno. I mean, that just messes you up big time, yeah. dude. And there's great documentaries on this, like Moldy, uh, a movie Dave Asprey put together and other resources that people could learn more about that. You don't have any mold elevation, which is great because that's a real pain in the neck to get rid of. But uh, what did come back elevated for you is marker number seven, which is called a rabinose. Yeah. And this is really indicative of some elevated levels of candida in the gut. Now, your levels are elevated, but they're not extreme. Mm -hmm. So you have an, a level of 32 here, Daniel. Uh, which below 20 would be considered optimal. And, you know, when I see someone with a really extreme candida overgrowth, man, they'll be in the hundreds. They'll be 100, 150. I've seen this. I was actually going to say, I looked that one up and in some of the sample reports, the number was pretty darn high. So I, I was yeah. kind of curious what your feedback would be on that. So you don't have a major issue in this department. So when it's really high, we got to kill off some of the excess candida. And I do that by using biofilm disrupting enzymes because these yeast and fungal organisms have this outer layer called right. a biofilm that keeps mm -hmm. them protected from some of the antifungal and anti-yeast agents like herbs and, and also pharmaceuticals. And so I use these specific systemic enzymes to break down the biofilm in conjunction with some antifungal herbs. There's a couple of products I love for this that bring in things like powdiarco, oregano, uh, sage, clove, mm -hmm. uh, garlic, uh, uh, ginger, all these different botanicals that help to knock out this excess. Now, do you do those with orally or like the, all of this? Do you is do like oil of oral. oregano on that? I'm, I'm not a big fan of using the actual oil of oregano because it's so pungent and it's strong. So It'll pungent. burn people's mouth or burn yeah. people's esophagus if they don't dilute it properly. I was going to so say, like, you almost have to mix, mix it with some type of oil or something. 
You do. You need a carrier oil. I use most of these in a capsule form mm -hmm. where they're either dried herbs or if it is in an oil form, it's encapsulated in a gelatin cap so yep. you don't have to experience this, you know, it's no hard taste because yeah, this burns. stuff does not taste good no, either. It does not. Um, so I use capsules for almost all this. That's easier for people. You don't have to measure out number of drops. You don't have to deal with, you know, carrier oils, all that sort of shit. All that sort of stuff gets people hung up on compliance. What I would suggest for you, Daniel, because this is not super elevated, mm -hmm. there's two options. One would just be to take a specific strain of a probiotic called Saccharomyces boulardii. Okay. This is a healthy form of yeast that helps keep candida at bay by working in synergy and balancing out the excessive yeast. And so everything in our microbiome works in a balance. And so when you have low levels of these probiotics, it gives the way, it, it paves the way for some of these pathogenic bacteria and pathogenic yeast to get out of balance. You bring in the probiotics and it'll keep those things in check. Got it. So that would be my suggestion would be to use uh, 5 billion CFUs of Saccharomyces boulardii with breakfast and then again at dinner and to do that for a couple of months. Now, if you told me like, hey, Ryan, I have some symptoms associated with this and examples could be any type of topical fungus like a athlete's foot, toenail mm -hmm. fungus, uh, jock itch, anything of that nature, I'd say, okay, we might want to bring in a little more in that regard. And then if you also said, hey, I do have some digestive distress going on, I feel a little bloated, a little gassy after meals, or a little foggy, brain fog, you know, things like that, a little fatigue in the afternoons, <clears throat> I might I might adjust my recommendations based yeah. on the symptomology and based on the feedback from the person I'm working with. Because that's also, I don't just look at the test, Daniel. I also take into account the person. Absolutely. I'm, I'm helping the person. I'm not, I'm not trying to help the labs uh, or the papers. Yeah. I'm trying to help the individual. That's right. And so I take all these things into consideration in their in their patient intake forms to then craft the most comprehensive wellness plan for that individual. And so for this situation, I would just say hit it with some some Saccharomyces boulardii. I really don't think anything beyond that is going to be really necessary. Do you prefer um, a vendor for that product? I do. The one I use, I could pull it up here on Amazon. I think it's called... Uh, Saccharomyces. We can put it in the show notes. It's it, the brand is called Pure, uh, and it's uh, a really good form of Saccharomyces boulardii, especially because it's in a um, it, it's in an acid resistant uh, capsule, so that it can go through the stomach yeah. acid yeah. and actually implant in the small intestine. So mm -hmm. it's called Pure Therapore. Okay. And uh, this can be found on Amazon. I could actually send you a link to this exact product. That's fine. Uh, put just it, in case anyone. Yeah, I'll interested. put it in the show notes for anybody who. Uh... Yeah. So I just sent that to you in the chat box. All right. Um, but that would be my suggestion. Okay. Would be to do one of these capsules with breakfast, one of these capsules with dinner, and then see how you progress, see how you feel. Um, but given that you're feeling good and you don't have any major symptoms, I would no. say that would be. Uh, the equivalent that would be good now as far as a dietary approach we want to limit foods that feed candida overgrowth because a lot of people are like well right how does this happen in the first place right mm -hmm. number one is antibiotic use when you take antibiotics for any course of time in the past it really diminishes a lot of the beneficial bacteria that pays way for the overgrowth to take place so antibiotic use obviously can be life-saving and i'm not against it mm -hmm. but it's oftentimes over prescribed and overused and can be detrimental long term so it's just about weighing the pros and cons for your specific yeah. situation. That's one reason a lot of this takes place. The other reason is diet and lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Diet-wise, sugar and alcohol, fuel for the fire, bro. Really bad for gut overgrowth, gut imbalances, and excessive refined starch as well. So refined carbohydrates, processed carbohydrates, uh, things like fr whole fruits, uh, tubers like potatoes, sweet potatoes, um, 
you know, even some white rice, that's not going to be an issue because those are really clean burning carbohydrates in a food complex. It's more so the pasta, the, the crackers, the cookies, the the uh, cereals, all those processed, highly refined carbohydrates that act as sugar in the body mm -hmm. that can oftentimes cause these things. So when I'm talking with someone, I'll say, cut all those out. You don't have to do some crazy ketogenic diet. Don't get me wrong here. You can have some good quality carbs, uh, but we don't want the refined processed carbs uh, since that's going to fuel the fire of feeding these overgrowths. So we want to starve them out as we're rebalancing the gut. Got it. Good and lifestyle is it, lifestyle is simple. A lot of times it's just supporting the immune system with adequate sleep, sensible sun exposure, managing stress, all the basic healthy lifestyle practices you probably talk about all the time, Daniel. It's going to be very important as a overall holistic approach to tackling this thing. Understood. Thank you, Ryan. You bet. And then your other markers that would identify a fungal overgrowth are all in the normal healthy range. So no fungal overgrowth. So that's what came back on that section for you. Next, we have the bacterial markers, um, most of which came back good. I would suspect you're taking a probiotic currently because of these levels. Uh, marker number 14, DHPPA is a beneficial bacteria marker. It's not a bad thing that that one is elevated. Mm -hmm. uh, marker 10, hepuric will also oftentimes be elevated when you're taking a good like lactobacillus bifidobacterium probiotic strain uh, or eating a lot of fermented foods. So that's also not a huge problem. Mm -hmm. It's markers 11, 12, and 13 on those bacteria markers. When those are way elevated, it oftentimes signals that someone might have small intestinal bacteria overgrowth, which is SIBO. And mm -hmm. this is very important to know, Daniel, because this is why I don't like to just blindly say, hey, probiotics are great for everyone. Yeah, Because anyone that has too much bacteria in the small intestine, probiotics are not good for you. So you shouldn't be taking probiotics because it's oftentimes going to make them feel worse. Um, so not really the case for you. Your bacteria markers are looking good. And then the bottom section, Clostridia bacteria, these are really pathogenic bacteria like C. diff. These cause chronic diarrhea for a lot of people and all sorts of gut dysfunction. Uh, so, so typically someone has these, I kind of know based on their intake forms. Uh, years came back healthy levels, no elevation in your clostridia bacteria markers, which is definitely a good thing. Um, so the main thing to sum things up on that first page is just the, the, the slight elevation in candida, which I think the Saccharomyces boulardii will be the best intervention. And then depending on how you progress, you could also mix in some herbs uh, or even some oral uh, ozone therapy, something I use quite regularly by using some ozonated hemp oil, really okay. good for knocking out uh, elevations in some of these uh, yeast and fungal markers. So, so next thing on this list, we have page two, which is first thing on here is looking at your oxalate metabolism. That's right. And for anyone listening in, oxalates, oxalic acid, is a plant chemical defense system that's found in certain plant foods. And this is really designed uh, evolutionarily by nature to essentially keep the plants surviving because they don't want to be eaten and they can't defend themselves or run away like an animal can. So they've evolved to have certain compounds like lectins, oxalates. Uh, phytic acid that essentially act as microtoxins to animals that consume them. And certain people in the uh, carnivore space really highlight this. Certain guys like Dr. Gundry in his book, The Plant Paradox, really discuss this in more depth. And I don't, I don't think that no one, no one needs to go carnivore. Um, you know, it could be therapeutic, very short term. But for the most part, people just need to be mindful of what plants have the higher levels and which ones have the lower levels to know which plants are going to be the best for your diet. And so what this does show, which I see all the time in candida overgrowth people, is you, you do have an elevation in one of these markers, um, definitely signaling you do not metabolize oxalic acid well, Daniel. So what I would okay. su suggest is to do a low oxalate diet. And so 
you would Google the high oxalate foods. I can kind of rattle them off for you. Some of the worst offenders are going to be raw leafy greens like spinach and kale. People hear this, they're like, Ryan, you're a freaking lunatic. Spinach and kale are superfoods. Mm -hmm. Let me be the, the bearer of good news because most people, if you ask them straight up, do you like the taste of this stuff? They're like, kale tastes like shit, dude. And I'm with you. Don't eat it. It's not a superfood. It's a, it's a pseudo superfood. It's really not good for you. And most people with oxalate metabolism issues who are eating a lot of spinach, kale, chard, putting it in the, the green smoothies, having these big ass salads, you, you bioaccumulate these, this oxalic acid and it causes all sorts of issues in the body. It can lead to things like gallstones and kidney stones. It could lead to symptoms like gout where you have joint pain. It could lead to a lot of issues. Uh, and so pulling them out of the diet is definitely a good thing for even people that metabolize oxalates well, like myself. I don't need a lot of raw leafy greens anymore. I used to. I used to, I was trained in nutrition in my post-grad program that they were like the, the bee's knees, the holy grail of nutrition. Not the case, folks. So I would not um, intake much of those for you, Daniel. And if you were to intake some, I'd cook them down, sauteing the leafy greens is a little okay, better. Okay, well, this is good info. For, I, I, I definitely eat a lot of raw leafy greens and dude you're so, gonna feel so much better when you okay so i will i will i'm making notes here so what are some natural sources of fiber and antioxidants that you use it in lieu of this all fruits all fruits are going to be better because fruits keep in mind fruits want to be eaten the whole idea of a fruit is that people and animals eat them you digest it you go take a dump somewhere in the forest, you poop out the seeds, and now more fruit trees can spawn right. up. So it's helping to evolve and, and expands the fruit. So fruits are all good. Any whole fruits. Berries are my favorite, but anything, apples, bananas, pears, oranges, you name it. Don't have the fruit juice because you want all the fiber and you want it in the whole foods matrix. But any fruit is going to be a great alternative. Other uh, lower toxin vegetables I'm a big fan of are things like zucchini and squash. Uh, I also really like to do a good amount of uh, root vegetables like carrots and uh, uh, potatoes and sweet potatoes as well are, aren't as nutrient dense, but they're good sources of clean burning carbohydrate. Okay. And then other plant foods. I mean, I'm a big fan of avocados for the fiber and the healthy fats, and that's uh, technically a fruit. But okay. So uh, with the oxalic acid being high, does that mean I just have high levels or that I don't break it down? Could it be that I just eat too much of those foods or that I... Correct. Okay. I would su suspect it's that I eat too much of those foods. It, it, and, and I don't know whether it's that I can't break them down, but I can tell you I eat a lot of those foods. So that's... It's probably both. Yeah. It's probably both, Daniel, because if you were able to metabolize them very well, this wouldn't be very elevated. What, now, if you, if you couldn't metabolize them very well and you didn't eat them, this also wouldn't be elevated. So I think it's both. It's that you're eating a lot of it and your body's not processing it very well. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I I eat a huge salad every day for lunch. So I'm going to start swapping out instead of spinach, I'll start swapping it out for a green that's low in oxalate. Yep. And any lettuce is going to be fine. Like romaine lettuce is going to be a great mm -hmm. alternative. Um, and then the other thing you can mix in, I mean, you're just going to thank me. You're going to call me in a couple of weeks and be like, holy shit, Ryan, I feel way better without these salads. I don't know yeah. what I was, why I was misled to this stuff. Cause I used to eat a big ass salad every day. Mm -hmm. I'd have a huge bowl of leafy greens. That's me. I throw like a bunch of all, extra virgin olive oil. I top it with some protein, like some wild fish or some sardines or mm -hmm. some sort of uh, protein, like some beef or some, some chicken. And dude, when I cut that out, holy smokes, I felt so much better. Okay. And, well, uh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm game here. I'm game. This, is, this has yeah. been going on for about five or six years, so it'll be interesting to change it up. 
Yeah, and other things, just to give you some more examples, I mean, I'm a huge fan of cucumbers. That's great, clean, mm -hmm. burning, uh, our, our low inflammatory vegetables, not a lot of anti-nutrients. A lot of things in the vegetable category that are technically fruits, so tomatoes, uh, I, I enjoy as well. Um, you know, and everyone's different. Some people have sensitivities to different foods, yeah. and that's why it's just a journey of figuring out what works for your body. Got it. Um, uh, but I, I personally, instead of doing a big old salad, I'll just do a bunch of diced up uh, cucumbers mm -hmm. and still have some- More like a Greek salad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something along those yeah. lines. No cucumber, um, tomato, feta. Yeah, there you go. And then the uh, other thing that's high in oxalates are a lot of nuts and seeds, specifically almonds. So lay, lay low on the almonds, bro. Gotcha. And, you know, you could Google a whole list. There's other foods no, yeah. that are pretty high. Uh, there's there's other foods, and I, usually if I'm working with a patient, I'll send them a list of foods I want them to steer clear of based Got on it. this data. All right. And then next is up is glycolytic cycle metabolites. This is essentially measuring your recovery from mm -hmm. exercise. It's mm -hmm. measuring how your body can expel lactic acid, pyruvic acid. These are byproducts produced from vigorous exercise. And so your levels are totally healthy, totally normal, showing good recovery. When these are really elevated... It means that someone's training really hard, but their body's not purging out the lactic and pyruvic acid very well. So I will actually bring in some nutrients like dimethylglycine or astaxanthin, things that improve the lactic acid expelling properties of the cell. It's funny you say that because I do take that. It's one of the few supplements I take is astaxanthin. And, Good deal. Uh, it's not just for joint health. I actually love it because you don't have to worry so much about getting sunburnt when you take oh, yeah. exoxanthin. Powerful antioxidant. It, really it makes big. it is a game changer if you're if you end up having a day in the sun when you're running or whatever, your your likelihood of getting burnt is reduced dramatically. And I'm not telling people not to use sunscreen or whatever, but like you said, I'll tell people not to use sunscreen. Well, what I'm saying what I would say is if you're going to be in the sun a long time directly, that's you need to think about something. But if it's 20 minutes or less, I always tell people in terms of direct sun exposure, you're probably fine. So what do you 100%. recommend? What do you yeah, recommend so, so to the sunscreen? Here's what I recommend. I did a whole podcast on sense, what I call sensible sun exposure, how yeah. to harness the healing powers yeah. of the sun without damaging your skin mm -hmm. or having any oxidative stress. And I discussed the whole notion how conventional sunscreen is extremely toxic. And if you look at the rates of, of skin cancer and the rise of sunscreen usage, they go up and up in synergy with each other. I mean, there's a heavy correlation. And I don't think most, I mean, there are exceptions, but the vast majority of conventional sunscreen is just toxic chemicals yeah. lather, lathered on the skin, not good for you. Now, with that being said, I'm a surfer. If I'm out surfing for three or four hours, I will put a little zinc oxide on my nose because that will protect my skin. And I can't really wear a hat. I'm out mm -hmm. surfing. You know, what I recommend for most people, Daniel, is when you're out on a hike, when you're out, you know, getting some sunshine, soak up what you can without getting burned, which is typically in the 15 to 45 minute range, depending yeah. on the person and depending the on the time of yeah. day, morning and afternoon, you could handle a lot more mid peak day sun, probably about 20, 25 minutes before you'll start to get burned. And at that point, put on a hat, put on a long sleeve. Because by just lathering on sunscreen and thinking the sunscreen is protecting you is such a fallacy because you're still getting all of that UVA and UVB radiation. And the sunscreen is, if anything, making it worse because it's preventing some of the natural antioxidant systems in the body, not to mention most of it's filled with toxic chemicals. And so I am a fan of like natural zinc oxide-based sunscreen with no harmful ingredients mm -hmm. as far as your face. But anytime I'm hiking out you know, on my paddleboard, I'm out during the day in the sun, I'll get my sun 
with full skin exposure for, you know, I have a lot of sun, you know, uh, in my life. So I can handle an hour, two hours mm -hmm. without getting burned. And then I'll put on a wide brim hat, one of those awesome straw hats that I, covers your Yeah, and I was actually going to say on your Instagram channel, I actually keep, yeah. keep that same hat, be, the ones that you can yeah. just fold up because it protects all the way around your head exactly. as opposed to a cap, which just more or less protects your the top of your head and your forehead, maybe half your nose. So I do 100%. like those those circular hats for protecting your ears and neck and, and whatnot. No doubt. No all doubt. Right. I'm a huge yeah. So so people listen to that episode, they'll get all the details and the brands of sunscreen. Mm -hmm. I do recommend if you need some. Um and they can find that at my podcast, which is just called the Ryan Kennedy Show. Okay. Um and I can send you a link to that. Absolutely. Okay, moving forward. Uh, flying through this test. So we got mitochondria markers up next. There's definitely a little, some room for improvement on your mitochondria markers. And this is measuring some of your Krebs cycle metabolites, some of your mitochondria amino acid metabolites. And so what I would suggest based on all this data, Daniel, to sum it up is to do some mitochondria support. And what that would look like is typically some mitochondrial antioxidants like PQQ and CoQ10 work very effective synergistically to enhance mitochondria mm -hmm. i would suggest plenty of sensible sun exposure because that's one of the best mitochondria stimulants i would suggest doing uh at least one or two days per week of high intensity interval training just fantastic for mitochondria in conjunction with your resistance training or other yeah. forms of exercise you're already doing i would do targeted hit training to where you're doing 20 second sprint 100 percent intensity yeah balls to the wall followed by a two to three minute recovery and repeating that three to five sets fantastic for stimulating mitochondria things like cold exposure and sauna exposure would also be tremendously beneficial mm -hmm. for your mitochondria and based on this data those would be things i'd suggest mixing in cold shower or cold plunge get in the infrared or dry sauna anytime you have the opportunity to do so i know i rattled off a lot there but those would be the things like the low-hanging fruit from a lifestyle perspective and then sure. from a supplemental perspective i would increase you know i'd, I'd bring in a little extra coq10 and pqq and then see how you do. We could also mix in some other mitochondria. Now, CoQ10, I've heard a lot about, but what's, what's PQQ? PQQ is another, uh, it's it's similar to CoQ10 in that it's a fat-soluble antioxidant that gets into the mitochondria and helps to support any okay. oxidative damage and also helps to renew the mitochondria. And so this is a supplement. I like the brand Jaro. Uh, yeah. It makes they, it good. They make a good uh, PQQ. Yeah. So, uh, and then CoQ10 what would you is also... How much CoQ10 and, and PQQ should I take for, and for how long? Jaro makes a product called, um, I think it's called Q-Absorb. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> comes in 100 milligram capsules. I would start with 100 milligrams a day. You could always bump it up to 200 milligrams, depending on how you, what types of benefits you notice with your energy. That's going to be the main thing to look out for and yeah. to, to see how things are, whether or not this is having the positive impact you want. Mm -hmm. But Q absorb CoQ10 is definitely going to be the best uh, option for this. And then Jaro also makes a, a, a PQQ product, and that comes in, I think, 10 milligram capsules. And I would suggest doing uh, one of those, at, at least one of those. You could also do two of those, uh, 20 milligrams of PQQ with 100 milligrams of CoQ10. And you would just take that with a meal, ideally breakfast or lunch, whenever your first meal of the day is. Mm -hmm. And just take it along with the other supplements. You got it, man. And and so when I'm working with someone, Daniel, I'll actually put together a whole supplement protocol for them. And I'll put the links to the products. I'll put the dosages. I'll put the time of day to take it. Because a lot of this can get really confusing. Yeah, I, I think my so. biggest my biggest ask right now is, you know, I'm concerned about implementing so many protocols at once because it's going to be hard to tell what does, how much one impacts 
and the other impacts. So if I start, let if me I, explain something to you on that front because it's fair. It's a fair assertion, and I totally see where you're coming from. But you got to understand the body works in synergy with all these nutrients. Mm -hmm. So nutrients in isolation rarely have the desired effect. It'd be like saying, hey, Daniel, I want to build a house. Here's all the lumber you need, but no doors, no windows, no concrete foundation, just all the lumber. That'd be like giving your body just one nutrient without all the other cofactors and synergistic nutrients you need for it to have the desired effect. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big fan of let's implement, you know, whatever's not going to overwhelm you. Let's implement three, four different things at the same time. And if you feel much better and you're getting the desired effect, does it really matter which one or which two or which three of those four things is having the beneficial effect? And then as you get the effects, you can taper off of one at a time. And you can say, hey, I've been taking these four supplements Ryan recommended for the last two months. I'm feeling fucking fantastic. But let me try and take away the, the CoQ10 and right. see if I still feel freaking fantastic. Yeah. And if you do, then maybe you don't bring it back in. If you say, hey... I noticed when I removed that CoQ10, mm -hmm. my energy is just not quite as good as it was. So Maybe how long would you think it would be to see a result on the CoQ10, PQQ combination? Two to three months is a good length of time for, for a proper trial of most supplements. Most okay. supplemental nutrients to really get within the cell, to really have the, the desired effect and shift your biochemistry in the proper way. You don't want to take it for a week or two and expect it to be like life. Okay. You want to give it a couple months. So two to three months is usually the window and you know, most of these products give you a two to three month supply in one bottle. So I say buy one bottle, use it up. Before you buy the next bottle, you could take a break from it, see what you notice, see the differences. And, you know, if you feel really, really good on it and you feel really, really good off of it, maybe it had the desired effect we're looking for and you don't need to continue taking it. Okay. All right. Moving forward from there, we have your neurotransmitter metabolites. Uh, your dopamine is in good shape. No issues with dopamine. Your norepinephrine and epinephrine is very low. And so what I would suggest here is bringing in more hormetic stress into your life, Daniel. And that'd be things, uh, hormesis is this concept of what doesn't kill us, makes us stronger. And then acute stressors, physical stressors like sauna, cold plunge, sun exposure, exercise. All these things help to drive up norepinephrine and help to have this beneficial adaptation response. It makes okay. us, our bodies more resilient, more vital, more healthy. And so... Uh, if you're not doing a lot of that already, I would definitely bring it in because your your levels uh, on marker 34 are definitely low. And those are going to be the natural lifestyle ways to help drive up um, this level. So it's at a more normal range. And what you'll probably notice with that shift is more uh, better focus, better energy. And overall, those are very important hormones for our body to, to feel and perform the way we want to. Yeah. So hormetic stress would be the suggestion there. Your... Um, Serotonin metabolites are looking totally fine. No issues with uh, serotonin. If someone had low serotonin, I might suggest a precursor like tryptophan or 5-HTP uh, to help support the serotonin pathway as we heal the gut. And then moving on from there, your folate metabolism. This is basically measuring methylation of your B vitamins and how you're able to methylate your folate. All good on that front. No issues with that. Uh, your ketone and fatty acid oxidation markers, some of these are elevated. This is not a bad thing. This is just means you were yeah. in a fat-burning state at yeah. the time of the urine sample, which is a good thing. It means you have metabolic flexibility. And obviously, you did this first thing in the morning. You're coming off a nighttime fast. This yeah. is totally to be expected for anyone that has metabolic flexibility. Right. And it's funny you say that because I did, I did sort of look up these results. And I, I'm generally a 16-8 guy on the fasting. And it's, it. it's not... 
I've just found that my energy level is so much better if I don't eat first thing in the morning. It's yeah. I've 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 given myself permission before to have as much breakfast. When I was trying to put on a few pounds of muscle last year, I was like, oh, let, I'm going to eat breakfast. But what I found was when I was done getting the five or six pounds, I was like, I actually don't miss fasting. I enjoy fasting uh, for 16 hours. I sleep better because I don't have any food within two or yep. three hours of bed. And uh, there, are things, there are things I could improve about it. I'm not saying that at all. But I I was not surprised at all when I looked up that these high markers were due to metabolic fl- flexibility. Yep. Okay. M- moving on to the next marker, we're looking mm-hmm. at your nutritional markers next, the next section. And the first one on this is vitamin B12. And just so people know, if you go in for your blood test for vitamin B12, it's not going to tell you really anything useful. Looking at serum levels of B12 doesn't give you an indication of what's, what your cellular levels are. And so the best measurement for this is called methylmalonic acid. And it works in an inverse relationship with vitamin B12. And so if your vitamin B12 is low, meaning you're deficient, your methylmalonic acid will be elevated okay. and vice versa. You don't have any elevations in methylmalonic acid showing you have adequate B12. You mentioned that you do eat high-quality meats. That's the best source of B12 from the human diet. So no, no major surprises there. Uh, your B6 is on a little bit of on the lower side, but nothing to be majorly concerned about. Um, you might want to just up your foods to B6. Some of the best sources are organ meats. So having a little grass-fed beef liver once a week would be phenomenal for this. Uh, vitamin B5 is good. B2. Riboflavin is all good. Really solid levels. Your vitamin C looks like it's on the lower side, but with vitamin C, because it's a um, doesn't stay in the system very long, unless you're supplementing with it very consistently, your levels may not show elevations, mm-hmm. um, and that's okay. You know, it's really more of a, I recommend vitamin C more therapeutically whenever you're under times of stress, under times of illness. Not like you have to be taking mega doses of vitamin C every day of your life. I'm not. I don't subscribe to that belief. Um, Although it wouldn't hurt to bring in some extra food sources of vitamin C, like a little camu camu berry, a little, uh, there, there are certain fruits, uh, you can get these dried powders and just add a little bit to your smoothie just to make sure you're getting optimal levels. I will add some fruit. I don't do it. I don't eat enough fruit. Uh, I, I need to make a, a better habit of that. Yeah. So those would be, those would be some good ideas for you. Your CoQ10 is in pretty good shape. It's on the upper. So, so again, See, there's an asterisk on marker 55 because this metabolite is measuring an inverse relationship to CoQ10. Mm-hmm. And so because it's a slightly on the L, the higher side, it actually shows your CoQ10 is slightly low, not the opposite that most people would expect while looking at this lab. And so that's why it's important to know how to decipher these metabolites and these markers. And so does this mean you have a massive deficiency and you should freak out? Absolutely not. Does this mean you should bring some in? I would say yes. And we already discussed that with the mitochondria stuff. So that kind of confirms my my recommendation uh, of bringing in a small amount of CoQ10 via high-quality supplementation. And just so you know, Daniel, if you want to get this through food sources, mm-hmm. animal heart, animal heart, like beef heart, chicken hearts, best <laughs> that's, source. That's going to be hard Most people hear that. Most people hear that. And they're like, give me the supplement, right? I'm not about to go buy some beef heart and start cooking that up. I did one time I cooked a beef heart. It's been several years. It was an interesting experience. Yeah. And if you wanted to do everything through food, I could teach you to do everything through yeah. food. But most people are like, listen, dude, I or, hate to taste the liver. I can't yeah. stand the smell. Like, give me the supplement. I'm happy to take that instead. Yeah. I'm like, cool. Like, a little better living through science is great. Other people are more of the ancestral side of things where they're like, anything I could do through food, I don't want to swallow any supplements. I'm like, cool. We'll do it through food. You're going to have to eat some of these foods, though. They're more obscure and, and less common. 
to get these very unique nutrients in higher amounts. And so I'm all about this blend, this mm -hmm. mesh of ancestral wisdom and modern science. Like how can we bring the two together and marry that? Though, though they both have a lot of value, they both have a lot of merit. It's not either or, it's both and. Got it. And so I like to give people the option. You want the capsule to swallow with your smoothie? Easy. You want the uh, beef heart to have with dinner? Fine. Easy. Got it. You know, whatever whatever is going to float your boat, dude. Um, N-acetylcysteine looks fine. This is a very important glutathione precursor for detoxification, among other things. Uh, and then your biotin, uh, which is very important for hair and connective tissue, things like that, is also looking in, in good shape. No issues with biotin. Mm -hmm. uh, your Next, we're going to indicators of detoxification. Your glutathione itself is looking fine, but it does show some toxic exposure through uh, marker number 59. Mm -hmm. Now, with this marker, Daniel, it's a little bit tricky because I can't tell you, hey, where is this coming from? Environmental toxicity can come from a multitude of, of, of sources. So this could be from heavy metals. If you're eating a lot of larger fish, this could be from glyphosate. This could be from uh, something in your home, you know, some construction materials. This could be from something with your personal care products. If you're using a lot of conventional deodorants and uh, shampoos and body wash and, sh and stuff like that, there could be a lot of endocrine disrupting chemicals in there. So it's hard to determine without proper uh, full intake of you to say like, hey, dude, here's my suspicion. I think you should swap out this or that. Um, and obviously we could run other testing. There's a, a whole um, environmental toxin panel I'll run for certain patients that have some uh, really big sensitivities and get chronic headaches and, and have symptoms. Of, and what of type of therapies would you su su suggest for, for 59? Number one would be uh, hydration. Make sure you're drinking plenty of water because water is nature's solution uh, to pollution. You know, mm -hmm. we want to dilute these things as they pass through your system. The next would be sauna. No better way to enhance your detoxification processes than getting a good sweat in, dude. Okay. And be like, Ryan, I don't have a sauna. Throw on some sweats and go do some cardio, bro. Because as yeah. long as you're sweating, you're getting the benefits. Mm -hmm. So those are two big things is water and sweating. Massive. Uh, next would just be making sure you're getting proper sleep. Most people don't think of sleep and detox, but that's where we have a lot of detoxification and cellular cleanup take place. So make sure you're getting adequate sleep, good quality rest. That's that, that one might have been the, the, the nail on the head for me. So. And it's not that like, sleep is going to expose you to more chemicals per se, but it may inhibit your ability to detoxify them properly if you're not getting adequate, good quality rest. Absolutely. And then yes. I would just also have you look into, you know, I'd, I'd take a bigger picture look into your lifestyle. A lot of the things you're using in your home, on your body, things that you're surrounding yourself with, mm -hmm. Daniel, and, and make some educated guesses on things okay. we should tweak in that regard for 59. Uh, and then there's obviously other things I bring in for certain people, some some detox support, whether that's some heavy metal binders, whether that's some uh, herbs to help with phase one and phase two liver detoxification. Uh, there's a whole slew of things, dude, we could dive into on that because it is a little bit of a, a, a rabbit hole in terms yeah. of the potential causes and then all these different solutions we could bring up. Um, marker 60 ammonia excess is looking fine. Uh, marker 61 is a little elevated and this could be from a couple different things. Could be from aspartame. I don't get the impression you're drinking a much, you know, diet soda or intaking much aspartame. But if someone's drinking like a lot of Coke Zero or Zero Gatorade or any of that bullshit, uh, that could be what's causing it. Could yeah, also be from GI I, bacteria. I, yeah, yeah, I can tell you the diet sodas is not a problem. Sugar-free gum might be a problem for me. But get get some sugar-free gum that uses xylitol because that's going to be better for your dental health and not expose you to all the freaking 
aspartame, which is a neurotoxin and not good for your gut bacteria. Mm -hmm. So there's a brand. I, I'm chewing gum right now. I freaking mm -hmm. love gum, bro. I do too. Um, there's a brand of gum I really like that's called Pure. P-U-R. Yeah. No E. I've seen it. Get ordered on Amazon. It's great taste, great consistency, and it just uses one gram of xylitol, which is a natural <laughs> sugar alcohol, uh, per piece. And definitely switch over to that if you're using some like Trident or, you know, bullshit gum. That's Got it. Chemicals. And then your amino acid metabolites are all looking fantastic. Uh, the fact that they're all low is good because elevation in these metabolites indicate an amino acid deficiency. You already shared with me, you eat a lot of high quality protein. And so that's no surprise that you're getting good amino acids. Um, oftentimes I'll see issues here when someone's doing like a vegan diet or a plant-based diet, they're not getting much uh, animal foods. They'll oftentimes have issues with these amino acid metabolites. And that's a big problem for a number of reasons. Muscle just being one of them, but amino acids are the precursors to a lot of our neurotransmitters as well. So they'll have a lot of neurochemical dysfunction. And then a couple of last markers here. Uh, phosphoric is really measuring mineral metabolism. You're in a really good place with that. Uh, a lot of times people have low levels of phosphoric if they're deficient in vitamin D3, vitamin K2, or, or magnesium. And so you're in pretty good shape, so I wouldn't worry about digging too much further on those things. And a, a vitamin D3 blood test can absolutely confirm that your D3 is at a good level. You want it between 60 and 80. And then uh, your last marker here is creatinine, measure of kidney function. You're at 133. I like to see it over 100. So your kidney function is perfectly fine. All right. And that, my friend, <laughs> is organic acid. Hey, I know I flew through man. it quick, but we only had a certain amount of time. So I didn't want to dilly-dally and not get through the whole test. Well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate it. If you, what are your top supplements that you, that you take or in general every day? Oh, man. I take a lot of supplements, Daniel, because I'm all about what can I do to stack the chips in my corner to mm -hmm. optimize longevity, quality of life, performance, and all the rest. And so well, the top number one thing I'd recommend for most people is a high-quality multivitamin, multimineral complex. And most of the ones on the market, the Centrum Silver, the Men's or Women's One a Day, the Costco, Kirkland brand, they are horse shit, dude. They're synthetic vitamins. They got all sorts of additives and preservatives and stabilizers and coloring agents, and they are using terrible amounts of the vitamins we need, terrible forms, synthetic forms that your body can't really absorb or utilize. Okay. And that's why when you see a study that's like multivitamins don't work, it's like, no, the shitty multivitamins don't work. The good ones work great. The good ones give you a plethora of micronutrients to cover your bases mm -hmm. so you don't have to take 20 different bottles of supplements. All right. And so the one I recommend, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the link to, mm -hmm. and you can put it in the show notes for anyone sure. listening in. It's made by a company called Mother Earth Labs. It's an organic sourced food grade multivitamin complex that will cover your bases in terms of getting you enough D3, enough K2, enough magnesium, your B complex, your food source vitamin C, your other trace minerals and other minerals that fly under the radar like selenium and copper and things that are hard to get enough of through food alone. Yeah. This is going to be like, think of it as nutritional insurance. It's yeah. like, okay, I'm eating a well-balanced diet, but I want to really optimize my levels of all these various important vitamins and minerals. What can I do in like a one-stop shop type of situation? Definitely the multivitamin. Okay. That's going to be the biggest thing. And it has all sorts of herbs and antioxidants and uh, other botanicals that are really beneficial. So I'll send you the link to that product uh, when we get off the call. Daniel, you can put in the show notes for anyone sure. listening in. It's not cheap but you get what you pay for with supplements mm -hmm. so if you pay twenty dollars for a multivitamin at costco you're going to be getting zero benefit you're probably going to be doing more harm than good and this product is like 60 bucks or 65 bucks which for some people might be a lot but mm -hmm. i 
rather you spend more money on a good multivitamin and maybe you only take half a dose because of the cost or because yeah. of your budget. I'd rather you get half of a very good product than the full dose of a really shitty product. Got it. So that's going to, and most people, if you really analyze your spending, you realize you can afford 60 bucks. Like mm -hmm. it's not going to break the bank for most people if they prioritize their health. All right. What else? And uh, <clears throat> a couple other things, man. I, I'm a big, it, it's very depending on the person, you know, from there. So like, if I look at these results on someone, I can tell that person what the best things for them. Like for you, Daniel, would be the Saccharomyces probiotic. It would also be the antioxidant support for the mitochondria. Uh, those things would be very important for you. Mm -hmm. Not for me, but for Got you. It. If someone's dealing with uh, you know, low serotonin, maybe some 5-HTB is very important for them. If someone's dealing with a vitamin D3 deficiency, maybe we need to bring in more D3. If someone's dealing with chronic stress and, and all sorts of other issues, maybe they need higher dose magnesium. You know, So it's, it's so dependent that it's hard to give too many blanket recommendations of like the top, top tier beyond the multivitamin I just mentioned. I personally love systemic enzymes. I could talk for another hour about them. Obviously, we don't have time for that. We'll have to do another episode on systemic enzymes because I think they're fascinating for longevity and overall health and, and the function of your body. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, a lot of people would really benefit from digestive enzymes, some okay. digestive support. When you're not breaking down your food properly and you're having these gut imbalances that are causing you to have this fermentation in your gut and you're not absorbing the nutrients from your food, the number one thing they can do is support their digestive system by bringing in more enzymes like protease, lipase, amylase to break down their food properly, right. to improve their gut function and get more nutrients from the food. Mm -hmm. Rather than bringing in more supplemental nutrients because you're not absorbing what you're eating, why don't we just help you absorb what you eat? Yeah. So digestive enzymes, I love a product called Masszymes from mm -hmm. a company called BioOptimizers, fantastic enzyme formula. So that's an, that's another one that's kind of- I'll, I'll tell you a little story, Ryan. Uh, as a, as a, when I was a, an ultra runner, I would pop uh, digestive enzymes when I had to start eating things beside gels because it if I had them in my stomach and when you're running, you don't have a lot of blood in your stomach. So it would help me digest foods when I was in these eight, 10 hour runs and give me a little, prevent GI discomfort. Yeah, yeah, totally. Ryan, You've been more than generous with your time, man, and uh, I would love to connect with you soon. And maybe after a couple months, I'll I'll make the changes and we can reconnect. I, I, I appreciate it so much. And I'll put your links in the show notes. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. tell we could throw we could throw the product links. Uh, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll send you like the. I'm just gonna send you a quick note to remind me. Yeah, Mother Earth Labs. I'll send you the product. And your there. Instagram is Ryan C Kennedy where you post tips about uh, nutrition and training. And uh, I know that you've got a lot of things underway that are going to help people be healthier who are restricted on time. And, and as, in addition to the, some of the diet advice you have. Absolutely. And if anyone listening in wants to run this organic acids test, we just talked about that Daniel run, uh, I'll put a link to the website where people could purchase it. I actually have a special discount for your listeners, Daniel, that couples the lab test with an initial consultation mm -hmm. because I don't want to run this lab for anyone without telling them what it means and what to yeah. do and how to take action on the results. Yeah. So you get the best of both. You get the consultation, the protocol design, and the lab test. Uh, and it's, uh, what, 25, 30% off right now. Uh, I just put in a coupon code for you guys. So I'll put the link 
in the the notes for you, Daniel. I'm Thanks, Troy. Send it to you in the chat box. Right I'll be now. sure and put it that. in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. For anyone that wants to get more details about their health and set up a consult to go through their results, that's absolutely an option. Uh, I'm happy to help anyone that's uh, in a position to take action and and improve their quality of life. All right. Thanks so much, Ryan. I appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you, Daniel.